is magic. And it's complete for the touchdown. For Bennett, the rookie from Boomer. He grew up in Garfield, New Jersey, 10 minutes from Giant Stadium. You're talking about a kid who is just all heart. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Everyone, welcome. This is the Underdog Jets podcast. Wayne Corbett meet and greet where we'll get Jets X Factor subscribers, you know, to the party joining us, asking questions. And, you know, we had a lineup scheduled. Unfortunately, two people dropped out because of work. What can you do? We'll get them in the next one. Uh, but we have a good handful of people here today and we'll go around the horn. Um, Wayne, thank you for doing this. This was Wayne's idea too. Uh, you know, as much as he can communicate with the fans he always wants to do is what he's always told me. So we'll start with uh, Mike. Mike is a huge Jets fan, big on social media, yes, sort of a, a funny social media Twitter account, you know, gives a lot of, provides a lot of levity. So Mike, take it away. Wayne Corbett, thank you for the memories. It's an honor to be here in this Uber talking Appreciate Jets it, football. Yeah. What hat you wearing? What hat? I got a Mets uh, World Series 2015 hat on. Unfortunately, oh, okay. not my Jets hat. I'm I saw champions in yeah. yeah, I saw champions in New York, and I was like, "It's been a while." <laughs> but it had to be an old, old hat. So uh, Wayne, yeah. Speaking of championship jet teams, <clears throat> I think the two closest teams to winning a championship in New York in the last thirty or so years are the '98 Jets and the '2010 Jets in a neutral field in a playoff game. Who do you have? Your '98 Jets or the '2010 Jets? Uh, the 98 Jets. I mean, we were, we were, we were um, this, I know I'm biased, but we were built to be a championship team with the, the yeah. veterans that Bill brought in, the young guys. Um, you know, we, we were strong across the board, every position. There really was no weakness. Uh, it just didn't work out in Denver. Uh, you know, I just couldn't believe, but if we win that game in Denver, I think we're odds on favorite to, to win the Super Bowl because we beat Atlanta. Pretty bad during That's the year. That's what my dad tells me every time I bring this up to him. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would have beat the shit out of the, the Falcons. But. Yeah, we beat them earlier. But as far as the 2010 team, I don't know exactly what the roster was. But it's just different. We had some we had some old cats that Bill brought in that uh, played well. And you know what happened? We had a couple guys fumble that never fumbled in their career. Like Keith Myers and Alex Van Dyke and... You know, two kickoffs, hit, kickoff returns hit the ground that they could recover. So once it, the floodgates opened, we couldn't stop them. Yeah, it was one of those weird games. Athlete. It was one of those weird games where Jason Elam's kickoffs, it just hit the ground, went straight up into the sky. Byers fumbled a bunch of second half fumbles. Yeah. And the if 20 the Bills had Jason Elam last week, they probably would have won that game. Yeah. <laughs> and the 2010 team was really good too. But, you know, Testaverde versus Sanchez. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, uh, 
you know, compare those two. Oh, Testaverde and Sanchez? Yeah, you can't compare those two. No, you can't. You can't. The way the groove Testaverde was in that season, 98, didn't even start as the starter. He was just, he never played better. And we knew he had the talent too. You know, Tampa, first overall pick, he always had the talent. So once it came together under Parcells, can't even compare the two. Yeah. I mean, he was good with the Ravens, made the Pro Bowl before he came to us. So he played 20 years. I mean, you can't compare the two, but I don't know. Side by side, I think we win at every position. All right. Thanks, Mike. Good question. I think I agree. 98 as well. That that was that year was just perfect. Perfect. And then 99 too would have been perfect too. But you know, you if Bill do? stayed around another year or two, I think yeah. uh I think we make it happen. But him leaving kind of hurt, you know. 99, you know, Vinny tears his Achilles. And um I I, I broke my foot in the last preseason game. I went in motion. I turned up field and just broke my foot. It just snapped. Um, so I missed the first four games. Vinny got hurt in the first game. And then kind of season went to crap after that. Yeah. Ray Lucas did a, did an earnest job. He did a pretty good job and right. Bill coached well too, but um, you know, the yeah. early hole just did you guys in. Yeah. All right, Liz Wayne, this is Liz who was the Jets fan of the year. You, you actually met her once already. Um, in the fall and yeah. we're going to get Liz in here now too. Cause as you can tell, she's at work right now. So Liz, Liz, take it away. Hi Wayne. How are you Liz? I'm awesome now. How could I be back? I'm talking to you. I haven't seen <laughs> you, you in a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I plan on seeing you in two weeks, uh, February 6th in, on a Sunday in Poughkeepsie. I'm going to come up to that signing that you have going on. So All I right. can't wait. Look forward to seeing you. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see you too. Uh, my question for you, besides uh, what have you been doing since October the 8th when you made my life complete by uh, presenting me with the fan of the year, I wanted to um, ask you, since you are the greatest wide receiver on the Jets of all time, um, do Crowder and Mims ever pull you aside and say, look, you know, what can I do? Like, you know, got any advice for me? What do you think of this? And how do you think I did last game? Like, do they ever come up to you? And, uh, I don't know those guys. Never met them. How, I mean, briefly, just not? at training camp with Crowder uh, to say what's up, nothing like that. But um, no, I, I haven't been around because of COVID. So they, I wasn't open to practice, like uh, in training camp, going on the sideline and stuff like that. So it was tough. But um, with Berrios, you know, a lot of people go comparing some of what he does to what I did. Um, so I, uh, Posted on social media, congrats on a great year making the you know all pro kickoff returner, um, and he just he just uh, commented thank thank you you know thank you so much and thank you for all you did for the organization. So he's a nice kid. I look forward to meeting him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, COVID has really thrown a, a wrench into everything going on. Except you know we're going to the Super Bowl and I can't even. Are you going to be there? Uh, probably not. Oh, I'll tell my daughter if she can, you know, stay home if you want to be my guest. <laughs> I actually, I actually am doing an appearance down in Atlantic City, like a like a viewing party. That sort of wanted me to come down to the Borgata uh, to uh, to do something. So that's kind of like tied me up for a Super Bowl Sunday. Oh wow! Oh well, my daughter's safe then, I guess. <laughs> well, at least it was nice to get back into the the games. Did you go to the games this year? 
Absolutely. Didn't miss one. I, I yeah. haven't missed a game and I can't even tell you since I'm yeah. eight. So like 20 years. All right. So that was nice, at least, to get back with the fans and the team. Absolutely. There's nothing like it, you know, and football this weekend was absolutely insane. That's what football's all about. I mean, even though my team wasn't there, it's just incredible. But uh, this Liz, is. Were you actively rooting against Buffalo? Uh, yeah. Okay. With everything in me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they beat up on my boys a little bit too much, so I cannot root for them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. I was completely against them. I find it hard to root. I root against some people, and that's that's one of them. I like I like, you know, I like Josh Allen and, and Diggs and Beasley and these guys, but they're AC East foes. You know what I mean? I'm glad that they overtook the Patriots, but um, it would be nice yeah. to see somebody new in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm kind of happy that that guy down with the Bucks, that quarterback, is uh, not going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. <laughs> not naming names, Brady. <laughs> but so great to see you again. And I, I'm so excited to meet you again on uh, February 6th. And I heard you were in Belleville, my old stomping grounds, and yeah. met up with a friend of mine from high school. <laughs> yeah. I said to her, you met Wayne Corbett and you talked about me. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great to but, uh, it's great to hear from you again. Thank you. All right, thanks, Liz. All right, Tom. I know you have a question regarding something that's near and dear to Wayne's heart. Uh, yes. Regarding, you know, a certain path to the NFL. So right, take, Wayne. Take it away. Uh, first, thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you today. Too. Um, during your rookie year, uh, I was doing sports radio in Kefalvik, Iceland, up on the Navy base up there, and uh, I got pelted with jet jokes the entire year. But during the end, we were there was a tracker that we were kind of measuring your receptions towards breaking that rookie record. And I tell you, right. the last four weeks were really, really fun. Thank you for that. Um, my question was, you know, the path that you took to the NFL, getting there as an undrafted free agent, um, how is it different now than it was when you broke in? I mean, now we've got the branding of college football. Everybody's got social media and everything. Kind of walk us through how, I mean, what you did to kind of differentiate yourself to even get an invite to camp and things like that. Um, yeah. Now they're looking at these small schools and all over country and the world for, for players where back then it was like, you had a lot of doors right. slammed in, in your face, but without social media stuff, I mean, people, people don't realize that I led the whole nation. I had 50 catches my senior year. 16 were touchdowns. I had 16 touchdowns. It's not like I was, you know, I was, all, you know, I left, led one in one double A. It's not like I didn't have statistics. And it it's not like we had the internet where we could it. look it up. Yeah, no one knew about it. So right. um, now it's social media. Somebody does well at some school or, you know, there's highlights posted from all these different accounts of kids in high school, college, you name it. So it's just a better chance for them to, uh, to, to be seen. That's awesome. Yeah, because it's yeah, like like I said, you can't get away with nothing these days. I I don't know if I would have liked to plane and right. be a player with a you know phones, you know uh, phone, the phone taking photos all over the place because that's kind of dangerous. But uh, yeah, it's different now. Um, the path is different because back then, if, if I came to to the to the, the squad last year, I probably wouldn't have made the team. Because there's no mini camps and there's no hitting and training camp. 
you know, when we were in shorts and t-shirts, everybody's out there looking like Lynn Swan. But as soon as we put the pads on, guys were like, didn't want to catch it, didn't want to get hit. And that's what kind of like helped me separate from the other guys was the fact that we were hitting in camp. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. one thing with the preseason. Everyone <clears throat> doesn't care. The casual fans don't care about shortening the preseason, but it's huge. Like it's huge for players to make a difference yeah. with those four games. And let one less preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's going to be three. Yeah. All right. So I have one more question and about the fantasy draft uh, between you and Robbie. Um, I love Herm Edwards. I loved him. I mean, I had signed autograph photos of him, uh, but you selected him over Bill Parcells. I'm just curious if there's any kind of background information on that. Um, I kind of said it. It's like, I always wanted to play for Bill. I was a huge giant fan. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, Gatorade and all that stuff, you know, just growing up a Giants fan. And um, I don't know, when he came there, he's busted my chops, you know, because we were from both from New Jersey. He's like, I know about you, the great Wayne Corbett. You know, I know everything you do. I know the cops, the judges. Uh, he tells me, if you don't listen to me and pay attention, your career will go downhill faster than a, a dump truck with a cement parachute. That's what he says to me. I'm like, oh my God. Jesus Christ, man, this guy is... <laughs> <laughs> and the thing was, it was a square, um, our facility. So if you saw him coming and you couldn't turn back the other way, he'd look at you. If you look down or something like that, he'd be like, hey, we'll, we'll get it. But if you smile at him, he'd be like, what the F are you so happy about? It's like, <laughs> it's like I don't know how to be. I don't know how to be around you. But so I love my Yeah, he wasn't there very long. But with Herm, he came in towards the end of my career and kind of like, let me do my thing to be healthy, you know, taking, you know, every third practice off and like playing light in the preseason and just keeping the veterans fresh. And he knew that I had injury concerns and he didn't want me getting hurt in preseason. He said, just stay in shape, do your pregame, you know, put on your baseball hat and root for the young guys. I just appreciate that. And he made the uh, coaches go to coach. They put the first uh, the veterans in first class in the plane and he sat in the back with his wife right next to the the, the bathroom back there. And he uh, and that's how he treated us. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for sharing that. It's always tricky with new coaches that come <laughs> in, like the veterans who have already earned it want them to know that they've already earned it. And Herm recognized that, you know? Yeah. And with Herm, too, it's like in the dog days of summer, it's like, hey, I know how you feel. And you're like, yeah, he does. Because he did, he did it. He knows what it feels like to be in training camp, the middle of training camp. And just, um, I don't know, it just means more coming from a guy that's been there and, and knows how, understands how, a, how a, you know, an athlete uh, feels and thinks. All right. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thanks, um, Tom. Thank you, guys. Nicole, I think your question, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to look at it right now. It nestles nicely with what Tom asked. So. Yes, it's it does nice transition segue. nicely. Nicole, Go ahead, do your thing. Awesome. Wayne, truly an honor to me. You've been my favorite Jet since I could, you know, actually comprehend what a football game was. So this is Thank you. pretty, pretty special. Um, kind of in the line of what, what Tom just asked, my question was, uh, what does it mean to you to be such a huge part of, of Jet's history, uh, given where you started and then where you finished and how you are such a, a core piece of, of Jet's lore? And especially knowing now that you know, this sort of situation was your idea and you're still connecting with Jets fans, what does all of that mean to you to know how important you are to this organization? 
oh, I mean, it's the best feeling in the world, you know, coming from where I came from, you know, the depth chart and Tostra and all that stuff, you know, it's in the blink, it was 11 years. It's like crazy, but it, it means the world to me that you guys are even on this and I, you know, get cameos and I get fan mail and, you know, people wear my jerseys at the games. It lets me know I did it right. And I want to kind of like give back to the fans um, whenever I can. Cause you know, I grew up a giant and a jet fan. It was like one o'clock, four o'clock jet giant or giant jet. You know, we were on the couch watching the, watching the games, me and my family and uh, to play for the same organization for my whole career, 11 years, that meant a lot. Like when my contract came up, you know, it was like, Woody's like, do you want to be here? I was like, yeah. I was like, do you want me here? He's like, yeah. I said what I wanted. He said what he wanted. We met in the middle. My contract was signed in like two days. I said, Woody, I'm not messing around. This is where I want to be. You know, this is where the fans kind of took me in. And, you know, I went to a couple of home games and, you know, my, my, my kids, my little, and they count how many people have 80 jerseys on. And I mean, there's, there's so many still. And like, I'll walk somebody, walk by somebody with an 80 jersey and I'll be like, hey, nice jersey. And they looked like, do a double take. Like, what are you doing walking around in the, in the tunnel? I'm like, I'm like you, man. I'm just here to see the game. But I don't know. The fans just took me in, said I was like every man. So you would see someone wearing a, from coming out of a Mercedes to driving a Harley wearing my jersey, black, white, young, old. And uh, that lets me know, like I said, I did it right, that people are still out there supporting me. Yeah, that's one of the greatest phenomenons, right? That the number 80 jersey is still that popular. You know, how many years later? It's it's like uh, this area, the New York, New Jersey area, appreciates, you know, lunch pail type guys like John Starks for the Knicks, for example. You know, same type of popularity in that in that vein. So, yeah, you're right. Number 80 is still going strong. Around yeah. the stadium. Oh yeah, it's the one that my mom wears every time. She doesn't go to games much anymore, but when my mom goes, it's always it's always your jersey. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. Got to get that number crazy. three. Got to get that number three preseason uh, jersey. Number three. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just wild um, that they haven't given it to anybody. I'm not sure what they're gonna do, but um, I'm honored that they they haven't given it away, but. Not many people. I mean, see everybody with this jersey. Guy gets traded. This guy saw him somewhere else. So, you know, and what do you do with the jersey? Mine was like, you know, I stayed there. I never played for another team. So I guess I kind of kept it trendy because I see guys, you know, people with Jamal Adams jersey on. I mean, he's not even a Jet. This guy wasn't a Jet anymore. It's like, I don't know. I mean. Elf, Elf too, shows up in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess my jersey is timeless. I mean, yeah. from young to the old, you know? It's a, it's a great way to describe it. It's absolutely timeless. Nice. Will Ferrell inspired. Yeah. <laughs> I think he All showed right. up in a couple episodes of uh, Law & Order SVU, too. Right Did it really? Yeah, they met on King of Queens, they met to me once. Um, Kevin James is sitting on the couch, and somebody says something, and you hear in the background, you know, Tester Birdie to, to Corbett for the touchdown or something like that. <laughs> That's just wild. That's wild. I mean, that's that's wild. I mean, not in my you know biggest imagination that I think you know I'd get eleven years and do what I did. And you know, the biggest thing for me is what what you know I care what people thought about me. And uh, when I got into the Ring of Honor, that was validation 
that I was the kind of player that people told me I was, you know, to get in there with some of those guys, there's only like 13 guys in it that night, you know, getting the ring. I was like, all right, you know, I did it right. You know, I played hard and I was appreciated. And and by the way, the ring of honor speech too, I think to me, it's not so much what people say when, when they accept it, it's the tone behind what they say. And I think fans appreciated yours a lot. I was so nervous. You know, I had, I had cue cards and everything like that. And I didn't want to talk long. I wanted to get to the point. And uh, uh, Mr. Hess, Leon Hess got in. So his son spoke, but he spoke so long. So once I got up to the mic, um, I started talking and the guys like wrap it up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just starting. So I thanked everybody. It, like the walk on the field was so nervous, but to know I was done and hear the cheers. So as soon as I was finished, walking off, you know, walking away from the microphone, that like 50 yard walk was the best. I, I walked as slow as possible to like, take it all in. I wasn't nervous. I did it, got the ring. And then, uh, you know, and like I said, it validated my career. That's right. awesome. Th- thank you, Nicole. Thanks. Matt, do your thing. Take it away. All right. Thanks for having us on again, Wayne, big fan. Thank you. I want to know prime Wayne Corbett versus prime Daryl Revis, 10 snaps, one-on-one. You get to pick your quarterback in the route that you run. How many catches do you have? Versus Revis? Versus, what are you saying versus Revis? Yep. Yeah, Revis. Well, he's a great corner, but if he comes side, inside the slot, he's in trouble. <laughs> if, if I go outside the hat, if I go outside to the to outside receiver, you know, that's that's what his bread and butter is. The you era know. matters too. Like, are we playing today's rules or nine? Yeah. <laughs> what, what defines a catch when we're having this mythical one-on-one battle? Right. I'll go, I'll go early two thousands. Again, you get to pick your quarterback. Um, right. You can go Chad or Vinny. I go Vinny. Yeah, okay. like Vinny. Like I said, if I'm outside, you know, Revis used the sideline as a second defender, but in the in the slot, it's like, you know, usually they would bracket me. They'd go high, low, and actually uh, Belichick would have the uh, DN, like William McGinnis, actually stand in front of me and try to give me a jam and then play the run. Like, yeah. they, you know, it was uh, crazy some of the things he did. But inside the slot, if you were at the game when I played, I'm not trying to brag, and it was third down, who who did you think was getting the ball? Everybody. Everybody knew. They, they knew it too, and they couldn't stop it. It's just – it's so, like an art to it. And these guys like Edelman and Amendola and Beasley and these Renfro, these, it's just an art to it, running these option routes and reading the de- – you got to re- be able to read the defense pre-snap and snap. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would take my st- myself in the slot versus anybody. I like it, yeah. It's in the slot. Out of 10 plays, though, how many receptions do you get out of those 10? Well, good passes? Good more, passes. More, more than 50%, that's for sure. All right, I'm going to tweet out that you said you're going to get eight against Revis. Let's see if he responds. <laughs> I, I say in the slot. Like I said, there's a big difference. Outside, I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty fair. I, I like I, it. Yeah. Thank you, man. All right, Matt. Appreciate question. it. He's going, to go, he's going to go start trouble on Twitter now. Watch. Yep. Oh, don't forget to tag Revis, too. Make sure you mention him. Yeah, definitely so bring him it. in there. Yeah. yeah. I will. I will. Everybody All right. wants to stir up stuff. Yeah. Uh, Everybody has an opinion. My, like I said, I want to brag, but like I said, if if 
it was third down and three, seven, 12. I felt like if I could get, you know, Vinny was going to get the ball to me because he knew what I was going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of speaks for itself that when I asked you who you thought was getting it, you guys all agreed that you knew it Absolutely. and the other team knew it. So, it's I mean, huge, I had, like you said, it's a huge difference too, inside and outside. You know, how can you not, you know, feel confident versus right. going against anybody in that situation? Right. And it's tough one on one. And I mean, even Rivas, one on one is incredibly tough, especially inside. Yeah. All right. Let's, I think this is the last person here and then we'll kind of wrap it up with a group, group chat, I guess. Uh, Greg, you still with hey, us, Greg? I'm here. All right. Take it away. Wayne, a pleasure to meet you. Um, is that my jersey back there? That is your jersey hanging right. back there. My right. I see the number. I kind of see the name a little bit. It, it, nice. Give it. So that's been sitting there. It's funny. I got questions today on a, a business call, whether it was a Green Bay jersey or it was a, you know, a jet jersey. So because um, I didn't see the name, just so that the uh, number. But I'm going to take you a, a little bit down memory lane here. And I will say that I was I used to always go to training camp. I was there in 95 when you walked on the field. I was so amazed with you as just a player out there in an underdog role. I remember you going against, you had Stevie Anderson there, you had Cesar there, um, and you were not the big name. I'm 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine pounds. I never played organized ball. Uh, I was always told I was too small. Don't go, don't do it. I was graduated high school, 165 pounds. And I looked at you and I was always amazed. I, I know you had worked out and been a much bigger body with it. But just to give you the impression that you made on someone years ago, 27 years ago, I ah. took that picture of you on the sidelines before you even made the team That's crazy. and said, here's the kid that's catching everything yeah. out there. He's playing unbelievable. Um, and that was just amazing to me to watch you play out there. And I said, unfortunately, he's my size. He's never going to make it when you right. had Stevie Anderson and, but they weren't catching the ball um, like you were, and they never had the fearlessness like you did. So, to me, I I still wear your jersey. I still have that. I have three kids. My first kid is now 20 years old in college. And prior to her birth, the first thing I bought was a Corvette jersey. And nice. I bought it actually at training camp at Hofstra when they used to have the tents up for stuff. Right. And I came home, and this was before I knew what I was having. And my mother-in-law says to me, what if it's a girl? I said, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a jet band no matter what it is. So, right, right. Um, I, I want to really thank you. It was it's such a pleasure to watch you. Obviously, in, in the way your stature was, I, I have a quick question to ask you with this. When you look at today's game, and I know it's changed a lot, um, my question is, I think over the course of your time, you had roughly about six different offensive coordinators um, that you worked with. When you see a guy like Denzel Mims, and his physical talent and what he's got there. And I know all the Jet fans are asking what's going on with this guy. How difficult is it from that transition to go from one system to another to another and see why he's having such struggles? I don't know. It's just uh, the, his college game hasn't translated to the pro game. I don't know if it's, you know, a function of the playbook. You know, it's obviously a bigger playbook, you know, in different positions. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they don't have faith in him or not. Like you said, he's a physical specimen. He's great at the 50-50 ball. Um, it took for some reason, when guys got hurt, he, he was next in line, but he was 
not next in line to get a, be a primary receiver. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. As far as myself with different offenses, yeah, it, it, when someone comes in, a lot of the plays are different, not the same. Everybody steals from everybody in the NFL. Whatever works, works. Whatever somebody did the week before that worked against the team you're playing um, is happening. But with my coordinators, the same terminology, same kind of plays. So uh, it, it, for me, I had no problem with it. But it's a big playbook. But I also played fullback and tight end. So I had to know their uh, their routes too, you know, when I come in for those uh, positions. So, um, yeah, having six different systems is tough. Some were better than others. But like I said, it kind of, when it comes down to it, it's all the same, but different different words. Right. I think. But he should be able to pick this up. He should be able to to, to pick pick up this new offense. I mean, it's pretty spread out. I think with Mims, the big 12, that big 12 transition is really tough. Um, and he got off to a slow start with the, uh, what was it? Food poisoning he had yeah. in the spring. Yeah. So, you know, he's still young coming into his third year. Uh, he has the talent, uh, but yeah, it's a good point. You had a lot of offensive coordinators, uh, yeah. Charlie Weiss, Hackett. Um, and I know we talked on one of the podcasts when you, when we started with Cotite, when you started, it was pretty much a two receiver offense. And then yeah, eventually we, it got into 11 personnel where you could play more slot. Right. I don't remember going, we didn't have full for every, like we didn't even have four receivers active. I mean, right. we never right. went more than three receivers, never spread it out. But that was a old Ron Earhart from the Steelers. Yes. <clears throat> the two tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Which was funny because he, I loved him and he, and he took care of me and he like took me in and he, you know, gave me confidence you know, but he, we'd be watching, he, you know, flicking on and off, rewind, play, rewind. And they watch the same play, slow motion over and over. And then they'd go like two, three plays, four plays. He needed to stop it. And he's over there just sleeping. Now he's like 70 years old, but I yeah. loved him. Yeah. I, I don't remember, you know, I haven't spoken to him since that rookie year, but, uh, you know, he, had a, he gave me confidence and it definitely helped. But that was, you know, some of the stories that I remember about Ron. All right, Greg, thank you. Uh, any other questions? I've got one. And, Go and I know that I know, Wayne, you've played in a ton of really memorable games, but one that just I just cannot just get out of my head. It was the flashlight game down in Tampa. I mean, how what were your thoughts going through your head when Curtis Martin threw that TD to you uh, to win it in the last minute of the game? I, I thought it was the ugliest pass I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, is this thing going to come down? Like, it was so wobbly, and I'm like, yeah. all right. So I jumped a little early, though, because I thought it was going to come down. It was just fluttering. So I kind of caught it on the way down. Um, but I, people know the story. You know, he calls, you know, all day I was coming in cracking, cracking the guy, cracking the guy. And I and I faked the crack and, and go out and – uh Curtis hears it and he starts taking off his glove in the huddle. So he's in the backfield and he takes the last finger off and he just drops it on the ground. Like, how did they not know he's throwing it? Right. I came in there, took off, and I caught it. And it was just like perfect. It was poetic justice. It was a big win for us. You know, it's one of like people say that's one of their favorite games that involves me. Obviously, we won. But uh yeah, it was it was Definitely. nice to be on top. I have a question. Um, my favorite game of all time had to be October 10th, 2004. Uh, it was the you and Chad game 
That's when you caught eight, eight, uh, eight passes, everyone thrown to you. That ranks as my top game. How about you? What's your top game playing? Um, obviously the Monday night miracle. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Just the way it turned out, you know, people leaving and coming back in and then, you know, going back and we finally, you know, get back to tie it up. Then they score, we score. And it was just, uh, and the game went on to like one in the morning, but uh, yeah. we went from not being able to do anything right to not be, you know, do anything wrong. And uh, I don't know, it was, it was meant to be that night. The, the fans were great. You know, if, if they didn't stay, I don't blame them, but they missed a hell of a <laughs> game. So, uh, and um, obviously the Green Bay game, you know, we were not making the playoffs. Oh, yes. And then um, we saw this team lost, this team won. So if we made the, we won, we'd actually be winning the East. And after we heard that, the fans letting us know, you know, that we had a chance. I mean, we beat them by 40. And they were playing for home field. So it's not like they weren't playing for right. anything. Easy. And I think I had two touchdowns on, in that game. And uh, definitely one of my uh, most memorable games. The sound when... Giant Stadium realized that New England beat Miami. Oh, <laughs> was that was incredible. It was one of the loudest I've ever heard. Yeah, it was a it was a great day. You know, we we kind of band together, and the you know fifty two guys arm in arm. Like I said, they couldn't stop us at that point. Yeah, and it's funny that too that two thousand team had a lot of comebacks early in the season. You know, ninety nine, you guys started one and seven, came back. Two thousand two, sure. you came back, played to win the game. So those teams really fought and battled, even if, even if you got into a hole early. So it, yeah. it shows a lot of character. Yeah. There was, um, like you said, there was just a mix of the young guys that we had on the team and, and Bill's guys. If you were one of Bill's yeah. guys, you know, he brought you from team to team, yeah. his old giant players. And uh, like you said, Jumbo catching that pass. He, he caught it three times, actually, I think, with those hamburger, <laughs> hamburger, hamburger helper mitts. Yeah. Yeah, he had those. That's his gloves. They were like big mitts. But we bust him about it. And if you, if you ever see the video where he's looking up and his eyes are open and bright at the big screen, mm-hmm. he looks just like Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but that was great. It was it was a great night, and um, thank, definitely uh, one of my favorites. So Wayne, I was at that miracles. Why I will never I I've never left a Jets game. I will never leave a Jets game before the fourth, you know, it's all zeros for that exact reason. Yeah. I think I, I was eight. I was at that game. I haven't, haven't left the game early since. You, you just never eight. know. You I never feel know. old. I feel yeah. old. Hey, I have the great hair. Talk about I mean. it. <laughs> so Wayne, I'll tie back a story. The Monday night uh, story. I was at that game as well. And obviously everybody started leaving in the first half of it. We ended up going down into the bar. And if I remember correctly, I think Rand Carthan, uh, was um, working in operations at the time. And the guys that I was with had a connection there. And we ended up going down into the bar. And in the bar at that time, um, in the the um, the bar restaurant in the old Meadowlands, is Kevin James was actually at that game. I All actually right. met him at the game. And that's when his show had just started. My wife was watching it. And the only reason I paid attention to it was that he had a jet blanket on his um couch and it's the only reason i paid attention to it but i met him that night and it was it was a crazy night that that was one of the most unbelievable games but we totally there you know the whole game and stuff and uh we actually got into the parking lot and met with some of the players we were actually in the team parking lot 
And uh, it, it was just amazing to see the guys, how you guys did that night. It was, it was going to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger game too. He comes out yeah. at halftime or in the third right. quarter. He right. said the Jets are going to win the game. Wayne, Wayne Krebeck, Wayne Krebeck, whatever he says is going to, is going to lead them back, which is hysterical. <laughs> that he actually knew my name. He didn't know how to pronounce it. I haven't before. thought about that in years. Yeah. I, I seen the clip on and online. I said, that is hysterical. This, this, you know, the Terminator knows my name. Uh, and, you know, like I said, he butchered it, but, uh, it's the fact that he, that was his way of thinking, um, it's hysterical. Yeah. Dennis Miller calling the game too, you know, th- that yeah. kind of puts a twist yeah. on it as well. Yeah. He stirred some stuff up, but, uh, yeah, yeah. he was a fan of you buddy, by the end of the game. That's for sure. We could all hear that. <laughs> all right. Um, anyone else have any other final questions before we wrap it up? I got one. Yep. All right. Go and, for it. Uh, if this is somehow something you don't want to elaborate on, that's totally fine. But I know um, shortly after you you wrapped up your playing days, I read a little bit about you um, struggling with some migraine stuff and, and some TBI things after your career. And I just kind of want to check in and see how, if that's gotten better and how that's going for you, like what's, if, if I'm hoping that's, that's going better for you and you're not suffering too bad from that stuff anymore. Um, good days and bad days. Today's a good day. Um, it's just my, Cognitive thinking is not great. My balance is not great. Like I can't ride a bike or anything like that. I just got no balance anymore. You know, I struggle on stairs, but I do take a lot of medication to help me with the headaches and, you know, kind of like stay focused because I, you know, I kind of lose track sometimes, you know, but um, it is what it is. You know, the damage is done. I can't, I can't erase it or go back and uh, eliminate it. But I used to say, you know, right away, would you have done things differently? You know, uh, I had, I joke, yeah, I would have went out of bounds or like <laughs> dove with their ankles of the defender. Like they do these days, they catch the ball and they dive with the defender, defender's legs. Yeah. But no, I want to play different. It sucks. It sucks the way I feel some days. And right after I retired, my, I spent like this next six months in my basement you know, windowless room, just didn't know I had a big young baby, the noise and the light. And it was tough. And then after it was like a year later and my, my wife's like, she's like, you know, it's time to kind of reenter the world. So, uh, you know, I actually went and uh, got my series seven. I was a financial advisor for 10 years. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the CTE. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't come till later in my life affecting me, but uh, like I said, good days, bad days. Um, glad to hear it's not all all bad days, and I hope it either somehow you can continue managing it. I care about that stuff. I'm military, so I you know see yeah. people who struggle with it a lot with you know not being able to to function the way they used to, and you know it sucks seeing people you care about, people you grew up idolizing dealing with that. So I hope it continues to, uh, yeah. to get better or at least not get worse for you. Thanks. No, I, <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what else to say about it. I like, I wouldn't, you know, if I really think about it, I couldn't change anything. I would, the fans wouldn't appreciate me the same way. My career wouldn't end up the same way. My life wouldn't end up the same way. And I wouldn't be on this call right now. It'd be, my life would be completely different if I played, uh, played differently. That's fair. Yeah. We, uh, we did a podcast, uh, was it last spring maybe? 
uh, and we got into some of the details with with this stuff and uh uh i don't want to speak for wayne but i think wayne likes talking about it um at times to raise awareness yeah um nothing specifically on on the record because you know i didn't join the nfl concussion lawsuit because i felt the nfl didn't owe me any owe me anything Mm -hmm. um you know and i don't blame people who have but somebody it's one of the questions i thought a two-parter was like you know what was the the what was the worst you know moments in my career and definitely the last play was the worst um you know and losing some of the games but that was the worst because i didn't know what happened like when i hit the back of my head on the ground like if you took two rocks and smashed them together, it makes like a white spark. And that's what I saw, just white. I could hear people, but I couldn't see. And I just woke up the next day and I said to my wife, I was like, what happened? And she showed me the clip and I was like, you know, what's that mean? She's like, you're done. I was like, I said, do I have a choice? And they're like, no. So yeah, the finality of it. You know, and then uh, someone asked me if I, um, thought about hanging it up earlier in my career. Mm-hmm. After my ninth year, we lost out in Pittsburgh, and you know it was I was going to retire because I got in another concussion. And at that point, I had twelve documented concussions. And back then, I got some in consecutive weeks, which they said they don't compound, which is bullshit. Because That's the second bullshit. one, the second week, you know, three times, it's like it didn't take much. I just got clipped. My chin clipped or my my neck snapped. And uh it took a it took a long time to recover from those multiple ones. But mm-hmm. so after year nine, and then I was like, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go go back and going back, like the grass was so much greener, the sky was so much bluer, like I appreciated more. You know, I t- never took anything for granted. So those last two years were amazing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. As all fans, right. you don't know how much you mean to us by giving it all you had and and you know it it's we we hurt with you because we are such huge fans of you Thank that you. uh we we just want nothing but the best and be well and feel better every day. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hope you guys are all staying safe and, and well. Crazy yeah. crazy times. <laughs> Doing our best definitely. Let's uh, branch of the military, uh Nicole, what branch of the military are we in? Um I'm in the army. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for all you do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for your service, Nicole. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. Robbie, I love my job. So no thanks needed, but thank you all the same. Wayne, I got one question to ask you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, as far as people you've played with, um, who do you, aside from yourself, obviously most talented wide receiver you played with, and then who that you played with on the Jets was the most talented football player that you played with? Um, well, you know, Curtis Martin's most talented. I mean, Hall of Fame guy, played hurt, yeah. you know, never complained. And it's crazy. The year he won the rushing title, he didn't have one run over 20 yards. That meant he just grounded out for the whole season. No big runs, no 60, you know, to raise the average. Uh, and just a great guy, very religious, but didn't push it on you. But um, before the coach would come in, he'd yell shower group. So anybody who wanted to pray would go in the shower 
you know, trying to get away from everybody and uh, grab hands. And the way he, he prayed and spoke, everything was this Father God and this Father God. And this, I mean, you get like, you get chills. You want to go out there and just, uh, you know, kill somebody. It was the, the way he motivated you, you know, on and off the field was uh, something special. But as far as, you know, people ask me who I hang out with, like I'm actually going to Jacksonville tomorrow to see Lavernius. That, that would be my one. I, I always think he was so underrated in his, I, I think he would be a stud in today's game. Yeah. I, he was, I would say he's the most talented receiver because I played one of my, you know, in that Monday night game, that touchdown he took away from Sam Madison, that was his first career touchdown. Yeah. Right. That kind of started it. But uh, LC's my guy. Um, you know, he, I'm going to actually see him. Then he's coming back up to see me next, the week after. But uh, I don't know. We just kind of hit it off different kind of guys, but he had such a chip on his shoulder when he came in the right. camp, not getting drafted. He had some legal stuff right. and I just loved it. And he, you know, he took a liking to me and we've been close ever since. That's awesome. Nice. That's really cool. So, All right, Wayne, let's Thank wrap you. it up. Let's put you on the spot. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know anybody wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll, I'll root for the Rams because Matt Stafford it deserves it from all those yes. bad years in Detroit. Yeah. Yes, he does. Showing what he can do, and uh, I, you know, Mahomes won it already. I, I can't remember who who's in all of it, but this watching Stafford, you know, and he went to did he go through a winless season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. on that team. Yeah, so he he deserves a little uh, little love. All right. Um, anyone else with a Super Bowl opinion out there? Uh, Bengals Niners. That way, the Bengals had the number one pick last year. The Niners mm-hmm. are the blueprint that the Jets are following. So, I mean, I think both bode well. And that's yeah, an old school matchup future. too. That's a nineteen eighty eight matchup. I would love that. Yeah, why can't why can't Zach progress like Burrow and right. you know get a, a big receiver in there like you know Jamar Chase? I mean, you know, we got a good running back. I mean, there's there's no reason they can't take the next step uh, next year. The blueprint is there. It's it's literally the blueprint that Cincinnati just did the last couple of years. Yeah. I totally agree. I think Joe Douglas did a great job. You got Zach and Till Elijah. You got both Michael Carter's offense, defense. You got Vera Tucker blocking. And then a number of other young guys kind of contributed. That's a great draft. And with the trade, you know, we got two picks in the top 10. You can get high impact, you know, start first day starters in that draft. So I don't know. It could turn around quickly. The question is, where do they draft a receiver? You know, you see all these guys in the playoffs. Cup was a third rounder. Diggs was a fifth round. You can get receivers everywhere. So Jets fans are wondering whether or not J.D., Joe Douglas, will um, draft a receiver, you know, in that first round. Um, I think if they resign, Barrios has a lot to do with it. You know, I don't know if he becomes in the starter, but he should be. So uh, we'll see. You know, we need definitely need some help on the O line. And remember, we played the whole year without Beckton. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a big loss not having him. Things would have been differently as far as Zach running for his life back there. So I don't know who they're going to pick, but I trust that he's going to get the right player. Yeah, tight end too. too. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for attending. We we appreciate you um, being with us. And for those listening or watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, Spotify. We're going to do this as often as we can. Uh, Rough draft right now is once a month. Maybe we'll extend it out a little further. Depends on all the inquiries. 
There were more inquiries that we couldn't squeeze in for this time. Uh, but go to jetsexfactor.com and uh, search for the Underdog Jets podcast page in the menu item under podcasts. It'll be in the links in the description of YouTube and iTunes and all that stuff too. And apply, become a subscriber, use the discount code 80 to get a significant discount. And what is it, Wayne? Uh, one of four different options for the eight by 11s signed by you? Eight by 10. Yeah, I got a bunch of uh, eight by 10s. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, part of the package is just give autographed ones uh, to subscribers. So um, even if you didn't know that before you subscribe, just give the information to Robbie. And if you look online, there's I have four pictures to uh, pick from in case you had one or you'd like an older uniform or a new uniform. So uh, you guys pick one out and we'll get it out to you. Yeah, definitely shoot me an email. When you click the link in the description, all the info will be right there. So so definitely do that, whether you're on iTunes or YouTube or Spotify, Google, wherever. And uh, it'll lead you to where you need to go. Discount80 at JetsXFactor.com. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for uh, coming out and joining us tonight. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take Bye. care, everybody. Bye.